The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. It's Demasi and Michael just talking tech. So we're going to start the last show. We're going to start this show like we started the last show talking about editing. So you mentioned you had a good time kind of breezing through. Uh, 64. Yeah. So when I edited 63, uh, which I honestly think out came came out pretty good. Uh, yeah. But Isotope cleaned up pretty well. for So I did not use Alphonic at all for 63. Uh, I did a complete edit in Reaper. You brought DM63 into Reaper. Uh, I imagine using by default the project you're using right now or your template or? Uh, what did I use? No, I did not use a template. I actually just added it. I started from scratch. Like it, this was just okay. fresh straight. Everything was scratch. Uh, so I brought in our two tracks, edited everything, uh, applied the isotope, uh, noise removal to, uh, both tracks individually. Uh, and then did the jingles. Uh, dropped the intro and the outro in and rendered the project uh, out to a way. I rendered it out as a wave file and I actually used uh, the tool from Marco Armit. Forecast. Uh, forecast, yeah, to add the chapter marks. Uh-huh. Uh, well, so I actually added the markers in the project as I was mm-hmm. editing. So mm-hmm. I added a marker and then, you know, use, I think it's Command Shift M or whatever the current keyboard shortcut is in Reaper. <laughs> edit slash add Shift a him. new yeah uh and put titles on the markers so when i exported with the markers included as a wave file brought that into forecast and and let it run to compress it down to an mp3 it also added the chapter marks and at the same time which was cool yeah and then if you wanted to take it to the next level which i mm, so i love the listeners and I appreciate you, but I am not extreme enough to drop it into iCloud in the Castro's folder and listen to it first. I will listen to it when it goes live is usually what I do. I am subscribed to the podcast. Uh, so if there's any errors in it when I'm done editing, I do sincerely apologize now and hopefully, yeah, it makes sense. But that's pretty much the same workflow that I have except for I'm not using Isotope. I should think about that. I... Edit the project in Reaper, render it out. Well, I edit the project. I get done with that. I have you on one track and I have me on the other track. And what I actually do, and I taught Demo- well, I, I told Demasi this, and I think he's using it too, is I pan me hard left, 100% left. Uh, so I'm only coming out of the left speaker in my headphones. I pan Demasi hard right. Uh, so he's always coming out of the right speaker. And then I zoom into between 7 and 9% because then I can quickly scroll through with the left and right arrow keys and just scrub right through and I just hold the right arrow key and listen to us as chipmunks all the way through the episode until I hear a point where I need to edit and then I'll stop I make the edit and then I will continue on Um, and if I need to make a finer detailed edit I'll zoom out to roughly Typically, I can do it at 16 to 20% is where I'll zoom out to. And then I, when I'm done with that, I will grab, I will throw the broadcast chain on both of our tracks is what I've started doing. Mm. Uh, and I got that from Restash. I'll link to it at youronpay.com slash DM67. And then I will add the jingle track if it's not already there. I change that to four 
four channels in the input output options. I I set receives from tracks one and two to track three. And I'll explain why I do that here in a minute. I think we've talked about that. I know we've talked about this in the past, but then I go add the recomp compression tool to track three, which is jingles. Uh, and then I set it to probably 25 DB, negative 25 DB, not positive. That'd be disaster. Mm. Uh, and then I set to detect from auxiliary input in recomp. And uh, that's what pushes the music down. When I'm feeling ambitious. Now, 66, I know 64, all these numbers throw me off. I did not do the compression thing because it, it, like with 63, it worked out to where we really didn't need to push the audio down. But if I'm using a longer form intro or if we're talking softly towards the end, then I'll use that compression tool to compress uh, track three. Then I select all three tracks. I go to track one. I hold shift and I press down arrow to get two and three selected as well. I'll render and I change from the uh, render dialog box, uh, the very first drop down in there, I forget the exact name, but I tell it to not just render the project, but to render all selected tracks from master. So it gets all of the processing on the tracks, and then I choose a directory, and that gives me three different wave files that I'll drop into the Alphonic folder in Google Drive. I'll jump over to Alphonic, and I process it as a multi-track input because Demasi told me about that a couple of well, a month and a half ago, I think. And now I'm obsessed with processing audio. <laughs> but next, because it just it just comes out cleaner. I it think. does. It, it does. It does. Oh, I forgot a very important thing. The reason you guys don't hear Demasi on your right and me on your left is I bring the panning back to 5% left and right, respectively, for the two of us. Because that would probably piss people off if I left it like that. Mm, it would. Uh, but then that gives me an MP3 file, then that goes into Google Drive, and then it gets uploaded to Pinecast. So there it is. There's the process. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, the the multi-track uh, solution in Alphonic is great. Uh, and yeah, it, it it cleans up stuff much because it's able to focus on each individual tracks, you know, yep. imperfections versus trying to fix it across one single file that has both of us on it. Uh, so it definitely works out better. Uh, probably not going to do the chapter markers because I thought about it after I did it. I was like, hmm, the problem that this generates for us now is that I have a pretty straightforward way of dropping in chapter marks. I have not played around with using markers and setting chapters in all phonic. Mm. It's, are you still with me? Yeah, I'm still here. I stopped because oh, I was okay. like, maybe I, like I, I muted for a second and yelled at right. the kids. And so I might have missed you saying that you were doing chapters in all phonic. And I was like, wait a minute. Did yeah. Mike just explain how he did that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, in, in your audio, like I'm glad we're recording locally. That's something else important to let people know is we do both record locally if you guys haven't captured onto that over our previous talks uh, because Demasi's audio has cut out a little bit. I've gotten 98% of what he's saying. Uh, it's either his internet or my internet, but the fact is we're going to have clean recordings on both ends that you guys should not hear any of that internet noise that comes through. And then you, you were talking and then you went quiet and I'm like, shit, did my internet just drop? Uh, adding chapter markers, if you just add the markers and then you render 
in Reaper and you check that box that says include chapter markers, uh, I forget exactly where it is, but it's a drop down. Mm -hmm. uh, then when you take the wave files and you throw them into Alphonic, you don't have to do anything else because Alphonic will automatically turn whatever markers are in there into chapter marks. Now, the gotcha with that is sometimes I'll be editing an episode and I'll walk away and I'll just hit M with nothing on there because that's, that's, and that sets to marker number one, uh, because because that'll get me a, a place to go back to if, let's say, I don't know, Reaper closes or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, usually it's not an issue, but it's a safety precaution yeah, for me. Yeah, I'll do the same. Uh, and if you don't delete that marker, then that will also render out as a chapter called Marker 1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I tend to do with with, with mark markers, because uh, I, I tend to set them quite a bit too for the same reason like if i'm stopping editing for a second even though typically when you you know if you close reaper and reopen it back to the project it puts you where you were but just in case it doesn't i don't want to have to figure out where i was so i drop markers uh what i did with 63 specifically because it was the first time i've thought about doing markers in a while or chapter markers in a while and the episode itself just kind of lended itself very well to chapter markers mm. actually uh all unintentionally probably sounded like we did it on purpose but we didn't uh is I went back before I rendered out the project. Uh, I went back and checked all markers to make sure that I didn't have any of those extraneous markers laying around that were just there for my, oh, I may need to come back here to see if I need to edit this. Let's see how the conversation went. And then do I need to take this out or not uh, mm -hmm. type of markers. Uh, so I did do that before rendering out the project. And you can skip through markers, and I promise we'll be off Reaper here shortly with the semicolon and apostrophe, semicolon to go back in markers and apostrophe to go forward in markers. Amazing feature. Absolutely amazing. I love it. So new toys, Demasi. Absolutely, man. <laughs> so I ordered myself. Uh, so just to cover this, because it's going to come up at some point in conversation. So we'll say it here now. So we'll have to try to remember when the hell I bought something. Uh, so I bought uh, Tia a iPhone 12 Pro Max. That is a mouthful still. Yeah, it is. Uh, she's got the big ass phone. All right. There, there, there we <laughs> go. We're going to just call it the big ass phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I will throw it in there. I Mallory got the 12 Pro, not the 12 Pro Max, because she said it's too big for her. Uh, because I wanted the 11. I was tired of this half-ass 10 phone not working right, and so I have her 11, and she has the 12 Pro now. Which, oh man, I love the way that feels in your hand. Man, so we we're gonna come back to no. Actually, let's talk about that now. All right. So <laughs> I called Mike. So I ordered Tia's 12 Pro Max, and I called Mike, and I told Mike, "Hey, Mike, I just got Tia 12." Pro Max. So like if you're looking for a deal, T-Mobile has some stuff going on right now that possibly might help out uh, because I knew Mike was having issues with Face ID just not working at all. Like it, it's broken. It's not he's doing anything wrong. Like it literally would not activate on his 10R. So we, you know, his 10. So we think not something 10. Wrong, uh, <laughs> yeah. with the with yeah. the you know thing or whatever the secure enclave or something. But anyway, uh, my thought was, well, huh, I'm gonna upgrade her phone uh, and I'm gonna take her 10R. Cause I'm not going to get a new phone. And I said, well, maybe Mike may want to consider doing that. Uh, it turns out Mallory was actually interested in the 12 pro. So it's <laughs> like, okay, well, we're going to do that then. Uh, yep. I get her phone. I just got to go on a quick side rant. I'm sorry. This is an $1,100 phone. You understand what I'm saying? I could go buy, I could yeah. actually go buy the M one Mac mini. I want for less than what this phone mm -hmm. costs. Right. Mm -hmm. 
they leave the phone on my front porch and not even up against the screen door because we got like one of the storm doors or whatever. whatever. It's not a screen door. It's a storm door, I think, because it's got glass. Yeah. So, you know, whatever you call those outside doors, you know, whatever the proper term is. <laughs> I grew up in the country. We always called them screen doors, even if there was no screen. It's still a screen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They didn't even tuck it inside of the, the door. They didn't leave it up next to the door. It's right out there at the end of my porch. Right. Little ramp that comes up to the porch. Just sitting there. No knock on the door. And we all were sitting in the living room, actually, uh, at the time that it was delivered. <laughs> right. People may be wondering, well, how did you know it was out there? Because I got a notification from the deliveries app that says your iPhone. Uh, what did I title it? Whatever. iPhone Max has been delivered. I was like, oh, OK. And my hope was my hope. My sincere hope was. Maybe they did what I like for them to do, which is go tuck it around by the side door up under the carport because then at least it's less visible. Nope, not there. So go out the front door and it's out there on the end of the porch. I'm like, there was no knock because we were all sitting right there in the living room. So it wasn't even a knock and leave like they do sometimes, which is cool. If you knock and then you leave, it's okay. I'm coming and you don't want to stand around because it's cold. Don't right. you just leave a eleven hundred dollar phone on my front porch. So I didn't it's like ha- Easter egg hunting, though. <laughs> I didn't have to sign for it. Nothing, right? No knock on the door. No nothing. Now, look, it's a eleven hundred dollar phone, man. What if somebody just walks off with it? Who is the burden of proof on that I did not get this phone? It's a valid point. That is a very. That's valid the problem, point. right? It's not just yeah. that the phone gets stolen, but at this point, it is not activated on anybody's line. Because it, it is a brand new phone that has not yet been activated. So there's no find my iPhone. There's none of that stuff available to me at all to track down this phone. All is in the system for T-Mobile is the uh, tracking the, the tracking number for me uh, for, for UPS. And then all this in their system is the IMEI number and serial number of mm-hmm. the device that they ship to me. But I don't have any of this information yet. Also, there again, there's no find my iPhone. There's no track it down by anything because there's not a SIM card in it that's activated. So if someone walks off with that phone, who is the burden of proof that one, I did not get this phone and go sell it on eBay and now I'm trying to scam T-Mobile. No, that's not what I did. But I have to prove that I did not do that, that I literally did not get this phone. So what am I doing for the next two weeks? I'm running around filing police reports. I'm on and off the phone with T-Mobile customer care. I'm talking to the police. I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to UPS. I'm doing all these things, right? Somebody has walked off with my phone and has sold it for probably half his value on the street and is happily doing the I got money in my pocket dance while I'm sitting here stuck. Not to mention that I'm still on the hook for paying for the phone that I don't have but you got your phone <laughs> but i did get the phone I, I i had to go on that side rant because that is super annoying now whenever i have ordered stuff directly from apple uh directly from the apple store like they make you sign for it. like you know i don't know what they're doing nowadays because i haven't bought anything direct from apple but that's just annoying man but no that none of that did happen uh none of that happened at all so i get the phone bring it in open up the box uh first it comes in like this super thin package box first of all like that was my first thought when mallory got hers is she's like feel how small this box is i'm like that is that's smaller than i was thinking it would have been for a 12 pro a lot smaller and then i open up the package box and i look at the phone box and it's like whoa this is super flat like i know they took out the the, the charging block or whatever but geez this is like a super thin box mm-hmm. uh open up the box take the phone out and my first thought was not that whoa that's a big ass phone my first thought was I can hold this. This is comfortable. I like this. I should get me one. 
Uh, because it really does feel nice in the hand. Like, I, I honestly don't want it. Like, look, the 12 Pro Max is big. It is a big phone. Uh, it is comfortable for me to hold, but I don't have small hands. I would not want that phone, but it did make me think. It started me down the path of, hmm, I could go get a 12 Mini because that's what I really wanted. Or if this LiDAR thing plays out to be really super nice, maybe I'll just get the 12 Pro because it's not as big as I thought it was. Like, so... Mike, you had a 10 and you now have the 11. Uh, yes. Mm, wait, I think. No, you have the 11 Pro, right? No. Nope, the 11? The 11. Okay. Yes. So it is the same size as the 10 as the 10R. Yep. Uh, so. Uh, maybe it is an 11 Pro. Oh, the 10R maybe. Because it is slightly bigger than the 10 was. It's it's slightly bigger, but noticeably bigger. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I got you. So it is an 11 then, which is the same size as the 10R. So right. this 12 Pro Max, which I believe is 6.7 inches, feels better to hold in my hand than the 10R, which is like 6.1 inch screen. Uh, and it's all because of the sides. It, it is. And that makes a big difference. The flat sides versus the curved sides. You you don't realize how much of a difference it makes until you actually hold it for sure. Uh, so, yeah, super nice phone. I think this is the I mean, they may do something different in five years. But right now, I feel like this is the best physical design of an iPhone that they've had since the five uh, or the four series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I like I told you, like, it's not even features. It's not any functionality in the phone. It's like, I want to get one just because it feels nice. It's the form factor. Yes. Like it, it is super nice. And, and it's, it's a big enough design change. And it's like, Hey, this is almost like a new phone there for a while. When you upgraded your iPhone, it's like, mm, okay. it's just another iPhone. Yeah. You got to look for the yeah. features to figure out where you, you know, what, what you just got. Right. It's, it's based on features or does it really feel faster? Uh, exactly. Whereas this, like this, this feels like a whole different thing. This, this is, it is, it is a very, very nice um, physical design. So you got you got Tia the twelve R Pro Max single whatever. <laughs> all uh, and of then, the caveat, all of the letters, <laughs> all of the things, all of the things. She's got the plus plus you, phone. We're gonna just call it the plus. Right, plus. right. The plus <laughs> She's got plus. the iPhone and then plus plus. You got plus. the ten R. Is that right? You went from the eight to the ten. Yes, yeah, so I went from the eight to the ten R, which is only a processor generation jump for me. Uh, but it is noticeably faster than what the eight was. Uh, face ID has not been a difficult. I gotta say so. Uh, I used the Pixel 4 uh, off and on this year. I actually used it as my phone, like with my SIM card in it for a while, almost a month uh, this year. Actually, the only reason I took it out when I took it out is because um, I got a notification from the insurance carrier uh, that, yeah, so we're about to change your insurance package over to cover the (laughs) Pixel. And I was like, no, man, hold on. I got an iPhone in the box over here. Bro, wait a minute. Oh, good old assurance. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Now, the nice thing is, you know, I don't have to jump through any hoops to get my insurance transferred to a new device, but I right. didn't want to have to fight my way back to getting the Apple Care slash insurance insurance that I had on the iPhone. So that that is, that is actually from early 2020 what took me back to the iPhone as quick as it did was because of that, because I had just been using my watch and uh, the Pixel. But anyway... Right. Uh, using uh, face unlock because I don't I don't know the official Google term for it because uh, I think face ID is actually a, a, a 
copyrighted trademark thing for Apple. I think actually Google calls it Face Unlocked. Ah, okay. Well, anyway. Not Face ID, though, because you're right. Face ID is, is Apple branded. So. Uh, so using Face Unlock on the Pixel was cool. Apple's is better. Uh, and I only say that because there are, there are certain angles where I could unlock the iPhone where I did not expect it to unlock. And I know mm-hmm. for certain that they were not possible with the Pixel. There was a lot more, oh, we couldn't see you, you know, please you know, try again with the pixel. Whereas I'm really not getting that at all uh, with the iPhone, unless it's me not really thinking about face ID. Cause occasionally I forget that I have to do face ID to like mm-hmm. unlock capital one or something. So I got the phone at a weird ass angle. It was like, Oh, face ID was not able to recognize. I was like, Oh yeah, not touch ID face ID. Hold on. You got to hold it. You actually got to look at it, man. You got to look at it. Uh, but the setup process for the four was a lot more smoother than I think Apple's was because Apple's is more involved. Yes. But that 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 handoff for that is that Apple can recognize you from different angles, whereas the four has to be looking right at you. Yeah. From my my observations. Yeah, I, I would agree with exactly what you just said because the setup for the four was like crazy easy. I remember doing it's it. It's like, oh, you're already done. Yeah, yeah. And like I had seen <laughs> Tia set up, you know, Face ID on her 10R or whatever, because I watched her do that when she first got it. Uh, and yeah, right. I set it up on the Pixel 4. I was like, mm, okay, I'm done. That That's it? There's no it's like, more? Man, she still would have been doing her head in some weird circle motion or some shit. Right? <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> uh, so, your device upgrades went well. That's good. And then right before we got on this call, you're like, oh, something just arrived 30 minutes ago. So, what's going on with that? All right. So, I have now gotten a new Apple Watch. Um I have the Series 6 uh, 40 millimeter, which I believe is the same one you have, Mike. Uh, Intel Mallory steals it from me because I ordered her the blue 12 Pro and I have the blue watch. So I'm waiting for her to steal my watch from me and give me her 44, which I've got mixed feelings about that because I think the 44 is just going to be too big. That's besides the point. Mm, Interesting. I didn't think those blues matched, though. I don't. I don't know if they, they don't. I have a case on my watch. They don't. No. They're, they're both called Pacific Blue, so I assume they match. Are they? See, th- that's what happens it, when you have a blind. Oh, person. I thought it was just blue for the for the watch. No, no, they're Pacific Blue. Ah, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so you got the six forty millimeter. Yep, I got mine in black or whatever they're call- whatever they're calling black this year for aluminum devices. I don't know, yeah. but yeah, that's the one that I got. So that arrived today. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you set it up yet? Uh, I I was actually in the process of setting it up when you called me. Like I was actually in the watch screen that was like, uh, you know, <laughs> do you want to do emergency? You know, this is how emergency I uh, contact works or whatever. And I was then Mike called. And I was like, oh shit, I forgot we're supposed to be recording. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't paying attention to nothing. Well, and and I texted you right before that. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be a minute because Mallory called me right as I was jumping on Source Element Source Connect, and I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna be a minute because I was fighting with the washer all morning, and then uh, I got on there and I'm sitting there and I'm like, he's he's not here. I bet he forgot. So I called you. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I have it set up. It is currently syncing. I'm assuming that it is still syncing, even though the mm-hmm. phone is in here and the watch is in another room, but they're both on the same Wi-Fi. So let's hope that 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 works out. It does say keep your phone and watch close to each other. Oh, does it? Yeah. When you're when, when it's syncing, like once it's done, once um, you're past the setup, and it's like you can now use your iPhone maybe. normally. Maybe I'm forgetting. It says that when you like, first start, but yeah, when, yeah, I think when, right. when it says okay, your watch is set up and is now syncing, you can now use your iPhone normally. That means to me, okay, well, I'm gonna mm. put the watch back on the charger because it only had like thirty three percent, and I'm gonna walk off with my phone because I'm using it normally. Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't work, I'll just reset. S- 
So with the 38, you still have your 38 mil. 42. Right? Uh, yes, I do still have my 40. I actually have it on right now still, uh, the 42 millimeter watch. So yeah, I went from the 42 millimeter series three, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually the last 42 millimeter version that they made down to the 40 millimeter uh, series six. So I know I'm going to see a major jump in performance for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i can't wait to hear hear your thoughts on on the watch once you actually get it oh, up and running because yeah it's a big difference for me it's only slightly smaller than the current watch that i have but uh, kind of along the lines of what i think michael's thinking was which is i don't need the bigger screen like i don't benefit from the bigger screen like i still get all mm-hmm. of the same faces and all of that stuff so there's not any you get infograph now Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can help me learn how to use infograph cuz yeah. Yes. I have it, but I don't I don't use it, but I want to use it. <laughs> uh but I get like there's there's no difference in the faces. There's no like oh well, this version of the watch you only get you know three complications and on the bigger screen you get seven like nah there's none of that crap going on so for me it was like uh i've talked to enough people that have used 40 40 millimeter watches uh since they went to that that form factor Mm -hmm. or that screen size including michael with his his series six uh to you know be like the battery life is going to be pretty comparable to what i'm currently what i'm used to right now it's probably actually going to be a little bit better considering my battery is like three years old Mm -hmm. uh but it's it's comparable like the, the the usage is, is comparable and mike kind of does a lot of the same things i do with when it comes to charging anyway which is like mm-hmm. okay i'm going to take a shower it's on the charger uh if i have That's a really low- all you have to do like if you just throw it on the charger for it charges fast even when using you know just your standard usb cable because our usb so we have a power strip that has two USB ports at the end of it. And uh, I always have a watch charger and my iPhone charger plugged into it. And literally, I can just walk up to the desk and take my watch off, throw it on the charger. Let's say it has 25%. Well, by the time I get out of the shower, now I'll admit sometimes I like longer showers, but by the time I get out of the shower, it's at minimum 50%. Uh, and so that's that's super nice just to get it charged up. I'll, I'll do that. I uh, also will usually like charge it. Uh, if, if I like, I tend to check my best habit to just check my watch battery first thing in the morning. Cause I know that first 30 minutes or so that I'm up, like I'm like the watch is not really going to benefit me in any sort of way. So it's good to throw it on the charger right then. Uh, Cause I don't immediately jump out of bed and do exercise. Uh, I should probably, but I don't. <laughs> uh, now, if you start using the sleep feature, I don't know if this is something you've you've thought about doing or not, but if you do that, when your watch gets below 29 or gets below 30%, it will tap you about 50, 45 minutes is how I have mine set up. So it alerts you 45 minutes beforehand, hey, I don't have enough battery to guarantee that your alarm's going to go off in the morning. And then you can go throw it on the charger, which I find that to be very convenient. Uh, I tried it out during the beta period, uh, but I have not used it since uh, 14, iOS 14 and watchOS 7 were released. Uh, I probably will try it again with this watch. Um, but yeah, so didn't need the bigger screen. Battery life is comparable and it saved me some money on the purchase as well because I also bought Tia a 44 millimeter blue watch. Uh 
bed, Mike, is wishing he would have bought that blue watch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I also bought her the 44 mil, which is strangely back ordered or something. Like when I ordered it online, it was like, oh, it's in stock, ready to ship. So I ordered it and now it tells me it's on hold. So, you know, whatever. I guess she'll get it at some mm-hmm. point in the future, hopefully. They haven't billed me for it yet. So that's sort of fortunate. That's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Although I think I might actually feel more comfortable if they actually already billed me for it. Then it means, okay, there's nothing, no goofy glitch hanging up the system somewhere that your, you know, representatives can't see. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they might. Um, there is a website, and I forget the URL, but you can go and see what is in fact in stock, and when it's estimated, when the products that aren't in stock are estimated to ship. If I can remember the URL, I'll get it to you. Okay, good deal. But it's handy. That's why we went from one color to another color for Mallory's 12 Pro. We skipped over that whole debacle uh, where T-Mobile had over $700 of mine just just hanging out in limbo because they didn't know what phone they were going to send me. And then, yeah, fun times, fun times. Because um, Mallory got a 256 because... 64 gig wasn't going to ship till the middle of February. I'm like, really? I don't, I don't want to wait until February. <laughs> 128. Uh, is it 128? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's the base. Cause that's what your guy was at 128. So 128 wasn't going to ship until February. And I'm like, mm, I don't want to wait until then. And so we just doubled. I was going to say she should have got the gold. Cause for some reason I thought that would have been the one sold out. But yeah. That, but that was the 12 pro max. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe that's not selling as much as the 12 pro is. Uh, I would imagine, but yeah, they had, all of those models in stock, I chose the 128 for her phone, mostly because her 10R was 64 gigs and like she wasn't anywhere near pushing up against that storage allotment. So I was like, there's no point in me spending an extra thousand dollars, maybe. I mean, not, excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Apple is outrageous with their storage costs, but not that outrageous. Uh, there's no reason to spend like an extra hundred yeah. bucks for another you know, 128 gigs of storage that she's really not going to use. Uh, and see, that's, that's, that's the way we were kind of feeling about it. And then we had the, the shipping issue and I said, you know what, let's just pay the extra hundred dollars. I absolutely would have did yeah. the same thing you did. I, yeah. I absolutely would have done the same thing you did. Uh, well, cause it has a higher cool. resale value in the future too, if we decide to resell it. And it, it, I get an extra 128 gigabytes. Cause we all know that when the 13 comes out, I probably won't end up with that phone. <laughs> Huh. Huh. Ah, yeah. Good point. Good point. See, Mike was future proofing himself yep. is what he was doing. So he can load it up with you no know, download all the there, podcasts there now. It's like I don't even have to stream them. So Mike, you mentioned to me earlier just kind of in an offhanded way about uh you know, you hate power surges. And my response to you was, you know, yeah, I know. That's why I have spent so much money on freaking surge protectors uh, over the years. So what are you, what's going on with you? And then I, I want to, you know, one, know what that was about. Two, what have you done about it? And then maybe we can share with people kind of uh, what we have purchased. So definitely. Yesterday, we had uh, high winds, 40 miles an hour, uh, was what it was typically blowing, with wind gusts between 70 and 100 miles per hour. Oh, man, that's kite weather, I man. know, right? Compared about? to you. <laughs> that's flying kites, man. Let's go. Let's go fly some kites, uh, dude. Good time. Wait, did your kids ever do that? Yeah, uh, no. I don't think they have experienced kites. Man, I did kites. Did you get to experience yeah. kites? yeah. Me too. Yeah. Like we, we would go to the beach and fly kites all the time when I was younger. Ooh. Hmm. 
a lot of other things happened on the beach too that I can't talk about here. <laughs> yeah, so their kids probably want a drone. Like, man, I got tired of be running around with no string right? tied to my hand. What the hell are you doing, man? Give me a drone. <laughs> Give me a drone that has a camera on the <laughs> end of it. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday we had uh, wind gusts, and it was it wasn't bad. But at eleven thirty, I woke up because uh, you know I'm an old man. And I go to bed around nine ish. Uh, talked about that on a previous episode, sixty three actually, and I. Was I woke up at like 11.30 and uh, we have a dehumidifier in our room because of moisture air issues uh, that we've had. And when the de- dehumidifier turns off, it beeps four times. And then when it turns on, it beeps twice. So I woke up and all this beeping was going on. What the hell is going on here? And uh, what was going on was we were losing power. Uh, power went out and came back on and went out and came back on. Did that probably six or seven times from when I woke up. And and who knows how much it did it before I woke up to it beeping. And then the power went out. And I woke up at 6 this morning, and the power was still out. And I'm like, man, this sucks, but whatever. Life happens. Get on. It's not like I need the lights to be able to get on with my day. The only bad part about it is I had to wait till later to get coffee. Uh, so I you know, got up and... Long story short, went and threw a load of laundry in the washer when the power came back on, and I hit the power button to start the washer. Nothing. Nothing happened. Nothing. I was pausing for a second, got some silence there. Nothing. Uh, So I'm like, okay, well, maybe a breaker tripped or something. So I unplugged the washer and I moved it into the kitchen. That was an experience of its own. Uh, And I plugged the washer in and nothing. And I'm like, oh, no. So my first thought was, shit, that means that all those power surges last night blew up the dryer or the washer. So I turned to the dryer and I'm like, well, the dryer takes more power. Hopefully it's not gone too. And that works just fine. I'm like, man, this is so weird. What is going on? So I called our insurance company to go over our, our renter's insurance options. And they're like, yeah, it's covered. You got a $500 deductible. I'm like, okay. So I Google the, or I, you know, pull up the receipt, figure out the name of the washer and the brand and everything. And it's a GE washer and I Google it and the washer's like $569. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to do all that paperwork to save $69. Like, is it worth it at that point? And while Google, yeah, I know. Uh, While Googling, (laughs) while Googling it, it says, try this to reset the motor because when there's a, when the washer detects either uh, off balance or a power surge, you can reset the motor and it, or it goes into a, a saving mode where you have to reset the motor. I'm like, okay, well, let's try that. And it didn't work the first time. I'm like, well, it looks like I'm buying a new washer. And then I jumped on another YouTube video that says you can do this to uh, get into servicing mode. So I'm like, well, let's let's see if it'll go into servicing mode. Just just see if that's an option. So I put it into servicing mode, and I heard a little click. I'm like, well, I it did something, so something's working there. And then I took it out of servicing mode uh, after doing the reset again and turned it on and it's running right now. But it made me think because every other electronic in our house, except for the washer and dryer and coffee pot are connected to power strips uh, for the surge protection reason. Like that's, that's primarily the, the biggest reason. And because this house has one plugin per room and power strips give you more plugins. Uh, but aside from that, like, when I texted you that, I'm like, man, 
I don't want to put a power surge or a power strip uh, for the washer, but maybe I need to look into like single outlet surge protectors for the washer. So this isn't an issue in the future. So that was, that was my morning and why I sent you that message. Ah, so we're going to have to loop back and talk about this washer. Uh, Cause I may have to get one, not right now, but I feel like I'm not going to make it through 2021 without getting a new washer. Mm. Uh and mine is a Maytag, and uh, yeah, this would be the second Maytag that I have to replace if I have to replace this one. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll talk about that on a, on a, on a different show because Mike has a smart watch. No, he don't. Uh, which I'm also. Oh, edit that out. We had a smart washer, but Benjamin decided that he wanted to put something in the washer with, I think it was a belt on his pants and it was a front loading washer and it shattered the screen, the, the glass in the front. And so we had to replace it. Oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah. We were not happy. That was not a good day. <laughs> that was like a $1,200 I'm, washer. I might still be upset. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like the whole eleven hundred dollar phone thing. It's like you know, oh, you should get Tia this. What are you getting Tia for Valentine's? Oh, eleven hundred dollar phone. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? What about Mother's Day? I bought an eleven hundred dollar <laughs> phone. Go the hell away! And I got to buy a case. What about and screen her? protectors? Ooh, ooh, did you get a case? Not yet. I will send you a link to a case that we got for Mallory's twelve Pro. I don't know. I will tell you how it is when it comes in, but it's by a company called Carved. Have you heard of them? No. It's got their wooden cases, which is weird to me in my mind, but I'm excited to check it out. But they also have an option so you can add the MagSafe magnets to the back of the charger or to the back of the case for $3 more. And so I'm excited for, for checking it out because it's, it's different. It's not your plastic case that you normally get. So, and it's a small company and I like supporting small companies. So, oh man, have you been on that kick too? Like I've kind of been on that kick, like where it's like, I, I've been tr- not intentionally mm-hmm. so much, but it's like, oh, I see this is a smaller business. Like, yeah, let me go spend my money with them. So tell me your surge protection policies uh, or, or, or what's that word that I'm thinking of? It's not policies, but preventative actions that you're taking. Practices. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, one thing I, I, I want to drop in is you mentioned you don't want a whole power strip uh, for where the washer goes. Yeah. So, what I have bought over the years, and I, I honestly, I, I really started buying these when I had, uh, when we first had Mia. So, I had my first daughter. It's like, well, my kid's going to be crawling around eventually. Like, she wasn't crawling around yet, but eventually she's going to be crawling around. And I know what kids do because, one, I used to be a kid. <laughs> Two, I actually did this shit. And three, I still see other kids do it, which is they're going to crawl around. They see this outlet thing over here, and they're going to stick something in it. I thought you were going to say, and three, I still do it. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, it only took me sticking a fucking, what, what did I stick in there? Like a butter yeah. knife into an outlet yep. once. Yeah, no, I'll, never. <laughs> <laughs> never again. Look, I tell you what, it didn't kill me. Uh, so there's that. And it also gave me a very healthy respect from a very young age for electricity. Uh, so I always make sure I know how to turn off the main breaker anywhere that I live because of that. Uh, so what I what I found, because like Mike, I didn't want power strips all over the place because they, they clutter up stuff. Mm-hmm. And that also just invites more shit for you to go poke at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I started buying is uh, outlet covers. Mm. Uh, 
the idea came to me to look for sort look for this. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you the quick story of how I got there. A friend of mine who already had kids said that they used to buy the outlet blockers, right? The little things that you plug in, you stick into the outlet that covers it up so it can't be used. And I was like, oh, okay. So I go on Amazon. I'm looking around for these kind of things or whatever. And one of the things that came up, and here's where search not being as exact as you sometimes want it to be can be helpful. There was a thing called an outlet. Oh, I forget exactly what they call it. I would say if you search for outlet cover, and I will, we will link to these in the show notes at youronpay.com slash DM67. Uh, but basically, it's an outlet extender that also provides surge protection. That's that's basically what the point is. So you plug this thing into your outlet, and it usually has a ground, uh, which has been the bane of my existence in this current house. Uh, but you plug it in, and the ones that I have bought have had either three outlets or six outlets on them uh, with two USB ports. And the reason I bought them is, number one, they, they provided surge protection uh, for anything plugged into them, which is great. And two, for the outlets that you're not using on the face of the device, you just slide a little cover over and it locks it so you can't stick anything into it. I could see how that would be useful for sure. Uh and two USB ports means I could always leave at the time when I first started, you know, uh, adding these to my house uh, or apartment at the time, uh, I would have a lightning cable and a micro USB cable plugged into uh, each outlet that I put in. Uh, and these are just covers. So you just plug it into your existing outlet. Uh, and they, they I've seen several different versions of this. So there are some with more USB mm-hmm. ports and only two outlets. There's some with, you know, six, like some of the ones I have to have six outlets on them. So it's like having a power strip uh, without the, you know, extension of the cord and all of that. Right. It just goes into the wall. So like what might be a good solution for you with the washer is uh, grab one of these. And there may even be one that just does exactly what you want it to do, which is just give me surge protection. Like you may not care about the USB, just plug it in. That's over the plug. It's not a cable dripping down. And just plug the washer in. And now it has surge protection. And I need to get some to go where my refrigerator is because the things in my house that do not have either a power strip or one of these uh, plug extenders with surge protection in them are the refrigerator, uh, the coffee pot, and the washer and dryer. Everything else is either plugged into a power strip or plugged into one of these uh you know, wall covers that, that gives me surge protection. Uh, I did mistakenly, if you own your house, just a tip for people, if you own your home uh, or you're buying your home, uh, I bought from a, what did I buy these from? I don't remember. OWC, I think, but they, they're sold all over the place. Some actual outlet replacements were different from the things that I bought that I normally buy. I did not realize that these were outlet replacements. So you could completely replace your existing socket with this little box that, that connects into your wires and all of that and provides electricity to them. So be careful. Uh, and again, you should probably own your home if you're going to do this. Uh, but it, it replaces the entire outlet and gives you uh, two outlets and a couple of USB ports, which also provide surge protection. So if you're a homeowner or in the process of buying a home, uh, these might be good replacements for you to think about replacing your outlets with things to have USB ports. Cause that's primarily what I bought these for initially. Uh, but they're great. Uh, and then power strips. So I have two right now that are in use, uh, cause I tend to put these outlets everywhere. Uh, so I have a power strip uh, 
over across the room from me that has the modem and the uh, Google Wi-Fi spot plugged into it. Uh, a couple other things are plugged in over there. I think Tia's laptop is plugged in over there. Uh, and it also on the end does not have USB on it, but on the end it has the uh, coax uh, connectors. So uh, that protects the modem from surges of the cable line. Uh, so the way that that works is the cable cord that comes into the house uh, goes in, you know, you screw it into one, you know, one of the, uh, the coaxes on the end mm-hmm. of this. And then you connect the modem directly to the other other mm-hmm. one. That way, if there's a surge up the line, uh, it should get shut down right there at the power strip instead of surging up the, 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 the cable cord and going into your modem and frying that. And then now you're trying to go buy a new modem because uh, I actually have my own modem in my house. It's not covered by anybody's insurance. Right. Uh, huh. And then I just bought a power strip uh, to go over here where my desk is because I moved my desk across the room from where that power strip is now. So I had to get another one uh, to go up under here because, again, you know, laptops. I don't need to look. I'm concerned enough about the fucking motherboard in here possibly going flaky. I really don't want to search. And we get those, right, where we get the flickers or the power will go out and come back on, go out and come back on very briefly. And that's the reason that I... I have so much surge protection everywhere uh this power strip i bought is a belkin uh, Mm. and what's interesting about this one is it has 10 outlets on it uh it has six that run down in your normal sort of you know power strip layout uh just right you know next to each other uh wait a minute yeah no it has 12 excuse me 12 outlets so it has six that run in your normal power strip configuration uh, and then on either side of that, so if you think about how a normal power strip looks, the outlets are just going straight down on the line. Well, if you add a space above and a space below that, if you're holding it horizontally so that it's going left to right, uh, above it, it has three outlets uh, that are turned differently and have a lot of space between them for your bigger, you know, wall blocks that you have to plug in macbook pro chargers oh. yep uh <laughs> and then up under it uh it has three additional ones that also have that same sort of spacing so you basically have six normal lined up outlets and then you have on either side of it three outlets that have a lot of space between them so that you can plug in the bigger uh blocks that you need to plug in uh it also has coax on the end of it which i don't need because it's all the way over here and it's not over there mm-hmm. uh and this one was uh, came with some stuff that I did not actually know it had when I bought it, which is uh, Ethernet. So I can plug in like the Ethernet is coming from the router and then plug in an Ethernet cable to go into the computer uh, because of how I reorganized my cables that actually came in handy. I didn't have to buy a longer Ethernet cord uh, than the one that I was using. I just actually used the surge protected situation. Uh has phone line protection, so I guess for like your phone or whatever, and it also has the coax on the end. Pretty nice. Cost me about uh, twenty five bucks on Amazon. And that's the thing; they're they're not that expensive. They're a hell of a lot cheaper than your deductible for your renter's insurance mm-hmm. to replace your electronics. And it doesn't need to be said, but there that's a lot cheaper than having to buy new electronics that are fried in a surge per, in a surge experience. Uh, and and it doesn't necessarily even have to be power going on or out. Blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> it doesn't even necessarily have to be power going on or off, but let's say you have a lightning storm and lightning hits a line like near your house. Like that's, that's something that 
you have no control over and spending the spare money. I mean, really that's, that's what it is, is, is it's 25 bucks. That's money that you can find to be able to make it happen. So your electronics are protected. And I'm going to go look at the single outlet. I, I wasn't going to pull Amazon up, but I probably will when we get off this call because that it has me concerned and it's not something I want to deal with because uh, I don't have a spare $500 sitting around. I just bought an iPhone. So yeah, <laughs> it is a car. Yeah. <laughs> don't remind me. Those who don't know, we just got a brand new Jeep uh, compass with a seven inch touchscreen that is completely inaccessible. But, Isn't that nice? But, there are USB ports throughout the car, and I told Mallory as I pulled a thumb drive out of my pocket, I said, "Well, let me, let me, let me upgrade the firmware in your car, real quick." <laughs> <laughs> she did not like that idea. Well, hey, maybe it'll stop you know just randomly turning itself off though at the light. Uh, haven't had that issue since that one day. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. That, that yeah. could have been your way right there. Like, look, I guarantee. That right? won't happen. <laughs> Might not start again, but... <laughs> but it won't randomly turn off, though. Uh, <sighs> but yeah, I, I agree with you, Mark. And that, that is the reason that I that I invest the money in it. And look, any any kind of surge protection, uh, look at the jewels, like, you know, do... We will link to, I, I will find an article for certain that, that help kind of explain what levels of protection you can expect out of a thing based off the jewels. Usually you'll see something like 4,000 jewels or, you know, something like that, uh, depending on the device and what it's supposed to do. But any amount of money that you can invest into a surge protector uh, is infinitely less expensive than having to replace said device or pay an insurance premium uh, to replace when you file a claim with the insurance uh, provider. So, uh, and, you know, not just the expense of replacing said device, but there's also that downtime, right? Like if Mike's mm-hmm. washer would have been screwed this morning, like he Man, would need to do, no, like how long does he have to, to wait to it. get a new washer? <laughs> and, and in these day and times, do you really want to go to a laundromat? Like, no, mm, no absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, hell, I don't want to go to one if it ain't COVID. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, some of the places I've lived that had laundromats uh, either in the complex or close by uh, where I live. Like, yeah, uh, look, there's things that go down in there that you can't talk about either. No, no. So on that note, you can follow him on Twitter at Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. I'm at Payone, P-A-Y-O-W-N, and show notes can be found at yourownpay.com slash DM67. You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.